Hi, and welcome to Seeking the Gospel Truth. I'm Giselle Aguiar. We've been going through the Old Testament, seeing how Jesus and his gospel factors into every story. If you've missed any of them, search through the podcast or vlog for the studies on the books of Genesis through Ruth. As we continue God's story, which is really our story, I am changing how we go through the bulk of the rest of the Old Testament. If you read the Bible from cover to cover, the historical books get a bit confusing as the timeline isn't straight. My goal is to, as for the next studies, is to do them in historical sequence. So we'll bounce around the Old Testament, but the stories will make better sense. Jesus is the hero of the entire Bible, and we'll find him everywhere as we go along. Um, you'll also see how the Old Testament sets us up for the New Testament. And I've covered most of the New Testament, and you can find those studies along with podcast playlists on my blog. I pray that as you hear this message, it will inspire you to study the Bible daily for yourself. Seek the truth. I pray that God opens your heart and eyes and mind to understand what his spirit is trying to tell you. And as you become rooted in the word, you'll also be rooted in hope, joy, and peace. Let's dig in. First Kings 12, foolish and selfish kings destroy the united Israel. Now that we've completed the book of Ecclesiastes, Solomon's wise insights on life, we return to the history of the Israelites. It's ironic that the story jumps from wisdom to foolishness so drastically. We'll see that when leadership is motivated by selfishness, which overrides wisdom, it's on, it only leads to destruction. We need to go back to the end of 1 Kings 11 to recap on how this whole mess started. So let's dig in. 1 Kings 11, starting in verse 26, Jeroboam rebels against Solomon. Another rebel leader was Jeroboam, son of Naboth, one of Solomon's own officials. He came from the town of Zerida in Ephraim, and his mother was Zeruah, a widow. This is the story behind his rebellion. Solomon was rebuilding the supporting terraces um, uh, and repairing the walls of the city of his father David. Jeroboam was a very capable young man. When Solomon saw how, his industri how industrious he was, he put him in charge of the labor force from the tribes of Ephraim and Manasseh, the descendants of Joseph. One day, as Jeroboam was leaving Jerusalem, the prophet Ahiah from Shiloh met him along the way. Ahiah was wearing a new cloak. The two of them were alone in, the, in a field. Ahijah took hold of the new cloak he was wearing and tore it into 12 pieces. Very dramatic. Then he said to Jeroboam, take 10 of these pieces, for this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. I am about to tear the kingdom from the hand of Solomon, and I will give 10 of the tribes to you but I will leave him one tribe for the sake of my servant David and for the sake of Jerusalem, which I have chosen out of all the tribes of Israel. For Solomon has abandoned me and worshiped Ashtoreth, the goddess of the Sidonians and Chemosh, the god of Moab and Molech, the god of the Ammonites. He has not followed my ways and done what is pleasing in my sight. He has not obeyed my decrees and regulations as David his father did but I will not take the entire kingdom from Solomon at this time. For the sake of my servant David, 
the one whom I chose and who obeyed my commands and decrees, I will keep Solomon as leader for the rest of his life. But I will take the kingdom away from his son and give 10 of the tribes to you. His son will have one tribe so that the descendants of David, my servant, will continue to reign, shining like a lamp in Jerusalem, the city I have chosen to be the place for my name. And I will place you on the throne of Israel and you will rule over all that your heart desires. If you, if you listen to what I tell you and follow my ways and do whatever I consider to be right, and if you obey my decrees and commands, as my servant David did, then I will always be with you. I will establish an enduring dynasty for you as I did for David. And I will give Israel to you because of Solomon's sin. I will punish the descendants of David, though not forever. Solomon tried to kill Jeroboam, but he fled to King Shishak of Egypt and stayed there until Solomon died. Then his son Rehoboam became the next king. First Kings 12. Rehoboam went to Shechem, where all Israel had gathered to make him king. Where Jeroboam, son of Nabat, when Jeroboam, son of Nabat, heard of this, he returned from Egypt, for he had fled to Egypt to escape from King Solomon. The leaders of Israel summoned him and Jeroboam, and the whole assembly of Israel went to speak with Rehoboam. Your father was a hard master, they said. Lighten the harsh labor demands and heavy taxes that your father imposed on us. Then we will be your loyal subjects. Rehoboam replied, give me three days to think this over and then come back for my answer. So the people went away. Then King Rehoboam discussed the matter with the older men who had counseled his father Solomon. What is your advice? He asked. How should I answer these people? The older counselors replied, if you are willing to be a servant to these people today and give them a favorable answer, they will always be your loyal subjects. But Rehoboam rejected the advice of the older men and instead asked the opinion of the young men who had grown up with him and were now his advisors. What is your advice? He asked them. How should I answer these people who want me to lighten the burdens imposed by my father? The young men replied, this is what you should tell those complainers who want a lighter burden. My little finger is thicker than my father's waist. Yes, my father laid heavy burdens on you, but I'm going to make them even heavier. My father beat you with whips, but I will beat you with scorpions. Three days later, Jeroboam and all the people returned to hear Rehoboam's decision, just as the king had ordered. But Rehoboam spoke harshly to the people, for he rejected the advice of the older counselors and followed the counsel of his younger advisors. He told the people, my father laid heavy burdens on you, but I'm going to make them even heavier. My father beat you with whips, but I will beat you with scorpions. So the king paid no attention to the people. This turn of events was the will of the Lord, for it fulfilled the Lord's message to Jeroboam, son of Nebat, through the prophet Ahijah from Shiloh. When all Israel realized that the king had refused to listen to them, they responded, Down with the dynasty of David! We have no interest in the son of Jesse. Back to your homes, O Israel. Look out for your own house, O David. 
So the people of Israel returned home, but Rehoboam continued to rule over the Israelites who lived in the towns of Judah. King Rehoboam sent Adoniram, who was in charge of forced labor, to restore order, but the people of Israel stoned him to death. When this news reached King Rehoboam, he quickly jumped into his chariot and fled to Jerusalem. And to this day, the northern tribes of Israel have refused to be ruled by a descendant of David. When the people of Israel learned of Jeroboam's return from Egypt, they called an assembly and made him king over all Israel. So only the tribe of Judah remained loyal to the family of David. Shemaiah's prophecy. When Rehoboam arrived at Jerusalem, he mobilized the men of Judah and the tribe of Benjamin, 180,000 select troops to fight against the men of Israel and to restore the kingdom to himself. But God said to Shemaiah, the man of God, say to Rehoboam, son of Solomon, king of Judah, and to all the people of Judah and Benjamin and to the rest of the people, this is what the Lord says. Do not fight against your relatives, the Israelites. Go back home for what has happened is my doing. So they obeyed the message of the Lord and went home as the Lord had commanded. Jeroboam then built up the city of Shechem in the hill country of Ephraim, and it became his capital. Later, he went and built up the town of Peniel. Jeroboam thought to himself, unless I am careful, the kingdom will return to the dynasty of David. When these people go to Jerusalem to offer sacrifices in the temple of the Lord, they will again give their alliance to King Rehoboam of Judah. They will kill me and make him their king instead. So on the advice of his counselors, the king made two gold calves. He said to the people, it is too much trouble for you to worship in Jerusalem. Look, Israel, these are the gods who brought you out of Egypt. He placed these calf idols in Bethel and in Dan at either end of his kingdom. But this became a great sin for the people worshipped the idols traveling as far north as Dan to worship the one there. Jeroboam also erected buildings at the pagans' shrines and ordered priests from the common people, those who were not from the priestly tribe of Levi. And Jeroboam instituted a religious festival in Bethel held on the 15th day of the eighth month in imitation of the annual festival of shelters in Judah. There at Bethel, he himself offered sacrifice to the calves he made and appointed priests for the pagan shrines he had made. So on the 15th day of the eighth month, the day that he himself had designated, Jeroboam offered sacrifices on the altar at Bethel. He instituted a religious festival for Israel and he went up to the altar to burn incense. A divided Israel sins by turning to idolatry. Here we go again. They were doing so well. Solomon built a temple in Jerusalem. God was happy and the people knew what they needed to do to keep God happy. What happened? Oh, well, it started with Solomon and his 700 wives and 300 concubines. That alone is a problem. All these women led him to worship their pagan gods and idols. Likewise, the people saw their king worshiping them, so they thought it was okay. In the end, Solomon lost his wisdom. Obviously, wisdom is not inherited either. His son Rehoboam failed to heed the wisdom of his father's advisors, and it all came down to 
taxes. Foolishness and selfishness. Rehoboam ignored the wise advice to lower taxes and keep the people loyal. Verse 7 reminds me of Jesus saying in Matthew 23, 11, the greatest among you must be a servant. When leaders put the people first, like a servant should, everything works out for the best. Remember Solomon had raised taxes to build the temple in his palaces? Well, similarly, Rehoboam raised taxes higher and made things worse for the people. Enter Jeroboam. Yes, the two names sound similar, but they are two different people and not related. Jeroboam, whom God put in the right place at the right time. See, it may seem that, that the kingdom of Israel is falling apart, but God is in control. He has a plan. The Israelite kingdoms are split in two, and they will stay like that for 200 years. Like the prophet Ahijah prophesied, 10 tribes formed the kingdom of Israel in the north, and the tribe of Judah, which is King David's line, is staying with Jerusalem as its capital. This keeps the Davidic covenant that promises a Messiah through the line of David. The people of the tribe of Benjamin, oh, by the way, that's Jesus. So the people of the tribe of Benjamin spent so much time worshiping at the temple that they were usurped by into Judah. Thus, the people from Judah were called Jews. The name Jeroboam means, may the people be great. Now that sounds familiar from we the people. Um, make America great again. <laughs> All right, why Shechem? As it turns out, back in Genesis 12, Abraham worshiped there. In Genesis 33, Jacob built an altar there. Finally, Joseph is buried there. So besides being the geographic center of the Northern Kingdom, it was as good a place as any to build a capital. Jeroboam then had a problem. Since all Hebrews were required by God to go to Jerusalem to worship at least three times a year, he was afraid the people would like it there and not come back. Hence, Thinking like Aaron in Exodus, he built a pair of golden calves in honor of God. It's in honor of God, so it's like he had good intentions here. And placed one in Dan and another in Bethel. He also instructed the Levites and priests, uh, the priests, actually not the Levites, the priests, to hold festivals at the same time as the Hebrew one. So he created an alternative religion to control the people. Unfortunately, this broke God's second commandment, which we find in Exodus chapter 20, starting in verse 4. You must not make for yourself an idol of any kind or an image of anything in the heavens or on the earth or in the sea. You must not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God who will not tolerate your affection for any other gods. And I lay the sins of the parents upon their children, and the entire family is affected, even children in the third and fourth generations of those who reject me. And you can click on over to my blog, and I have several articles on how paganism entered the church and the idolatry that goes on now. And, um, well, this is how it starts. We disobey God. A true test of character is not by trial, but by power. 
Give a person power and they'll either excel or swell. Swelled head. When selfishness, pride, vanity, envy, and greed take over, that's it. That's the downfall of any organization, whether it's a government, a business, or a church. Pray for today's religious leaders, priests, pastors, and ministers to hold true to the gospel, to not be weak or woke. Conforming to the world is 100% against the will of God. Like Paul wrote in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. When you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, he transforms your heart and your mind to better be in line with God's will. When you receive the Holy Spirit in your heart, he convicts you, guides you away from temptation. However, you must heed his warnings. You know, Jesus wants to be your friend. And he told us in Revelation 3.20, look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. Jesus is knocking at the door of your heart. It's time to let him in. He's not going to burst the bust the door in for you. You have to let him in. You have to invite him in. So what are you waiting for? Invite Jesus into your heart and receive the gift and confident hope of eternal life. If you don't know what to say, if you don't know what to do, there's a prayer in the show notes, or you can click on over my blog, click where it says how to invite Jesus into your heart. In the bottom of today's blog, I've got um, two worship videos. Greater is he who is living in me and in Christ alone. Soli Deo Gloria, to God alone be the glory. Thank you for listening to this episode. I pray that the Holy Spirit, the author of scripture, touched your heart to reveal the gospel truth that our hope of salvation is through Jesus Christ alone. If you have any comments or questions, feel free to reach out to me via my website or social media. I encourage you to read the Bible daily and seek the truth for yourself. I recommend that you download two free Bible study apps, the YouVersion Bible app and Through the Word. Friends, we are living in strange, crazy times, the last days, the end times. But know that things aren't falling apart, they are falling into place. Jesus said in Revelation 3, 20-22, Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. Those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne just as I was victorious and sat with my father on his throne. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. Jesus is knocking. It's up to you to open the door. Peter told us in 2 Peter 3, 9, the Lord isn't really being slow about his promise as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed or perish, but wants everyone to repent. Jesus is coming back soon. Are you ready? Repent of your sins and invite Jesus into your heart right now. If you don't know what to say, there's a prayer in the show notes and on my blog. 
Jesus said in Matthew 24, 14, and the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it and then the end will come. Soli Deo Gloria, to God alone be the glory.